The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The Mind Aware 252. Well, it starts with you feeling good. So excited to have 15 to 30 minutes of just pure fun right now. This is going to be good. Yay! I love that. <laughs> Oh, that sounds nice. I'd like that. I'll mm. get that for myself right now. Be perfect every minute of every day. Never have another drop of sugar. Because I think if you say that to people, everybody's going to freak out. Hi, Dana. It's great to see you. I mean, not see you, but be with you today. <laughs> what I found to be the secret. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be great? I love it. You know, when you're clear, what you choose to show up in your life will and only to the extent that you're clear. That's the amazing capacity of the human mind. Hello, everyone. This is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware, and welcome. So, have you ever wanted to achieve something and then you have a setback? You know, you think you're on the way somewhere and then it seems like you stumble and you don't quite get there? Well, what's that about and what can we do about it? Well, I have a really interesting guest for us to talk to today. His name is Don McDonald and he is the author of The Underdog Curse. Don't you want to know what that is? Well, let's find out right now. Hi, Don. Hey, how are you? I'm good. So what is the underdog curse? What is that? Well, um, I came up with the term after kind of exploring my own life and some of my traumas through life where I I loved underdog stories. Like Rocky was one of my favorite uh, movies growing up. And, and anytime I saw a show where, you know, there's somebody who's a total underdog and they succeeded, you know, it almost brings tears to your eyes and you just get so pumped about it, right? So I've always been a big, huge fan of the underdog, just like a lot of people are. But um, I, I, kinda, I grew up in a small town, uh, away from everything. We didn't have very much money. I didn't have that great of grades when I was in high school. And so I kind of always felt like the perpetual underdog. And, and that was great because there's no expectation, right? When you're an underdog, people cheer for you. If you, if you lose, that's okay. They know there's no expectation. Um, everybody's cheering for you. Um, it's not too much pressure. Um, you can give things a go, and if it doesn't go, it's all right. But uh, but every time I really, like you said, tried to step out and really step into your brilliance and uh, really succeed, I always felt like I was like, I didn't know I was sabotaging myself, but all of a sudden I'd find myself back where I was before, and I'd be like, wow, what just happened there? And uh, and so over analyzing myself, and I'm a chiropractor as well, and then seeing a lot of patients over the last 15 years, I just realized I think I was addicted to being an underdog, and uh, and so so if I start to succeed, right? The underdog is great, but then once you succeed, now now there's expectations, now people, now there's pressure, now there's stress, now there's like all these things that you're comparing yourself to other people now, and and it makes it really stressful. So that you're like, eh. and then I'm like, that doesn't feel comfortable. So then you 
tank yourself back into being a sabotage or sabotage so that people are like, oh, I feel sorry for you. And then they support you again. Because if you're just rocking it, people don't come up and say, oh, you're doing so good. Can I support you more? Like, it's just, it just doesn't seem to work like that. <laughs> Do you know, uh, that is so interesting. And it's funny because I have to say, I don't think I've ever thought of this before. But what you're saying is it's almost like, it's safe to just be in the middle. It's safe to be mediocre or to not have too many expectations put on you. And there's no pressure there to step up. That's where you really start to feel that pressure. People start to have expectations of you. You start to get involved with, I think the word I'm looking for is disappointment. Yeah. You actually have a chance to be disappointed 100%. if you really go for something or you really step into something and then you don't get it. Yep. And so, but much better to be at the underdog. So what would be some identifying factors? Let's say somebody's listening to this and they say, this maybe could be me. How would they know if this is them? What would be some identifying factors of the underdog? Well, I kind of, in the book, I kind of talk about three different areas. So you can, it can show up in relationships. Um, and so, for example, in relationships, it's almost like if you're an underdog, someone has to support you or somebody owes you something. So you kind of martyr yourself. And if a people pleaser is a huge thing. So if you're a people pleaser, that's kind of where the underdog uh, curse would be affecting relationships. You know, you don't really tell people what you, you truly would love to do. Because again, what if they don't support you? You always have to be the underdog and you feel comfortable if people feel bad for you or feel sorry for you because then they'll support you more. Um, I find it in business. Business, that's pretty easy because you can measure business. It's hard to measure a relationship like a, this today is an eight, tomorrow is a seven. <laughs> but, but with business, you can measure it because it's like there's hard numbers you can measure. So if you're always like bouncing up against that glass ceiling and, uh, you know, you just feel like you're kind of stuck in an area, that might be what it is it just because it feels uncomfortable. For me to go from my whole life kind of being, you know, uh, you know, not being able to do things because of finances and all that stuff. And people would feel bad for you because like, oh, you can't try out for the traveling team for hockey because you can't afford it, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff until all of a sudden you can afford whatever you want. Then all of a sudden it's like, this doesn't feel comfortable. Exactly. It's like, oh, no, what's going on? And then what I really see it is in health. Uh, so as a chiropractor, you know, some people, you know, will come in and they heal perfect and then they go on and do the, cause that's what I love about chiropractic is as you kind of expand someone's health or their ability to adapt to their environment, then they can really step into what they're truly called to do, what their, you know, what their vision or what their inspiration is. But there's some people who actually, when they're starting to get better, they actually would stop care because they're like, Hey, I can't get better because if I get better, then I'm going to have expectations and people aren't going to look after me. And then, you know, and it actually make there's pressure to be healthy because you have no excuse you're healthy. But if you're not healthy, you know, you're the underdog with your health. And so you get lots of support. Yeah, I'm almost thinking, Don, that this is about like, where are you getting your feel goods? Where are you getting your attention? You know, and if you're continually getting attention or you're continually getting like, quote unquote, feel goods mm -hmm. from being sick or from being the one who needs help or mm -hmm. from being the one that's the underdog, mm -hmm. then then it's hard to break out of that mold. You know, I'll tell you something that might relate to this and maybe you can see what you think of this. I remember when I was traveling because I was overseas for a long time and doing the whole backpacker thing where you just go from country to country. And one of the things that was so freeing about that is every time you end up somewhere new, 
Nobody knows anything about you. Yeah. You completely are whoever you want to be in that moment, you know, for the most part. But basically, you have a fresh start all the time and a fresh slate. Right. And I'm wondering, when I look at it, when you juxtapose that against being here and being in your normal life week in, week out, day in, day out, I wonder how much of this comes from how, how challenging it can be to break out of expectations from other people. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. And I'm wondering if you have any advice about that. How do you do that? When you create a relationship with somebody, um, you create an agreement. It's a subconscious agreement that you have with every single person in your life. And I call them bonds. So in my book, I, I, there's kind of four main bonds that I talk about. One is, um, is a, a guilt bond. And so that's when you have a, a relationship with someone where they try to control you or you try to control someone else, but you use primarily guilt, right? And that's, that's a tough one because it's not honoring both people. Um, the second one is a comfort bond. And a comfort bond is kind of like the grandma bond. It's the cozy bond where let's not change. Let's just be happy right where we are. And we use a lot of softeners as a good excuse so that we don't have to put ourselves out of our comfort zone. So you kind of stay all cozy, but you never grow. <laughs> <laughs> and so you'll have those relationships. And then you have, there's control bonds. And those are kind of, those are obvious ones where, uh, you know, people just basically control you. And uh, if, if you, you know, if some, if it's a family member or someone really close to you and they predominantly have a control bond with you, it's really hard to break that because you, you, you love them or, or you have respect for them, but they're still controlling you. And it's really hard to change when someone's controlling you. And so my goal always is to find power bonds. And, and I'm, I'm in more of an amiable personality. So when you're talking about where do you get your feel goods, the problem when you're in the underdog curse is usually you're getting your feel goods from external, your external environment and not from the internal. So it's all about kind of bringing it back into the internal. And so sometimes power bonds can help you with that. And how they can help you is that they take enough time to find out what's important to you. And then they help hold you accountable. So it's almost like a coach. Like that's kind of how I feel I am as a chiropractor too. I'm like, I'm like a life coach because if you are, are doing things you love to do, you have less stress. You have less stress, you heal better, period. It's, it's like 60% of all disease from the AMA is caused from chronic stress. And I, I believe when you are always living your life from other people or from the outside in, from that external influence, you, it's hard to be healthy and it's hard to live your dreams. So I think the goal is, is to try to find those power bonds because you're right. Unless you just leave and go to a new place and have a clean slate, all these bonds and agreements just keep you right in your spot. Yeah, and so power bonds, it sounds like it's somebody who knows you for who you are, they like and love you for who you are, and it, foibles and all, and so you have an environment where you are kind of allowed to stretch yourself or be something new or try new things, because they're going to support you no matter what. That would be a power bond. Yeah, well, and it depends. They're going to support you based on what you truly want. So, like, like you talk a lot about in your work, like when you get the way you think, right? So sometimes a power bond might have to use a guilt bond on you, but they're using it for your own good, not their good. Right. Like, so if they know you get you get you get influenced by your external environment, they'd be like, so if you don't live up to your dreams, what do you think your kids will think of you? <laughs> but but it's the intent behind it. Right. I understand. I totally I totally understand what you mean, because we all fall. We've all done that. You know, we've all been there. And, you know, maybe that's not my favorite method of motivation, you know, but I get I get where you're going with it. Do you know, I'm loving this. For those of you that are just coming on, we're talking to Don McDonald. He is the author of The Underdog Curse. What we want to know 
is how do we get over this? What do we do to quit getting our feel goods from being the underdog? How do we get over the underdog curse? Well, that's what I'm going to ask Don when we get back in one second. So sit tight. What's going on with you? You seem so up all the time and your business is on fire. What are you doing? I started Train Your Brain You. It's the only program for entrepreneurs that addresses mindset and business growth strategies. The idea behind the program is that when you feel good, you act great, and it's awesome. You can check it out at trainyourbrainu.com, and that's trainyourbrainu, the letter U, dot com. Is it expensive? Seriously, it's like you're a whole different person. It's only a dollar a day, and you get all the latest tools to help you stay positive and grow your business. You would love it. Where do I go again? TrainYourBrainU.com. That's TrainYourBrainU, the letter U, dot com. Check it out today. Hi, welcome back. This is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show. We're having a great chat with Don McDonald. He is the author of The Underdog Curse. Go check it out. It's on Amazon right now. And if you think that you have ever benefited from not pushing yourself, from being mediocre, from staying safe, and not having really high expectations, and in fact, maybe you've got people around you who don't even have that high expectations of you, well, guess what? This book is for you. And really, I think a lot of us can identify with this. Like, It's so easy to be number two or three or five or ten, but to be number one, to have that spotlight shining on you all the time. I mean, that's pressure, right? So I I get that. So Don, I think you've done a really good explanation of explaining what it might be like to be the underdog. If somebody hears this now and they identify with what you're saying, what would be some steps that they could take to get out of being the underdog, to start stepping up more? That's awesome. So in the book, I go over nine steps, but I'll just do five, just five quick steps just for, for the time. But the thing is, is if you've been stuck in the underdog curse for a long time, one of the first signs of that is you start losing your health. Um, if someone feels burnt out, um, that's usually because you're doing things that are not in your values, not the things that you want to do. You know, you're trying to do things for other people or based out of expectation. But deep down, you know, superficially, it feels okay. We call it, it's the, it's the easy hard. So when you're doing the easy hard, you're doing what's kind of, you're, uh, you're not delaying gratification in the short term, but in the long term, it's really unfulfilling. Like you, and sometimes you have to do the hard easy where it's uncomfortable up front, but then it's more fulfilling in the long term. So the number one thing I find people have to do is get their health back because if we have, and you'll know this, if your mind has these, we call them subluxations in chiropractic, which means interference from expressing your potential, uh, and you have a weak body, it's really hard to retrain your brain when your body is super weak. And so we need to start with building the body. Um, and self-care. Self-care. Care yourself. Yeah. yeah. That's it, a good first advice for everybody, no matter what your problem. Yeah, because it's kind of your foundation is your temple. Uh, the second yeah. thing is, is when you're always externally influenced, most people have never taken the time to ask what they would truly love. So, you know, I have a step as discovering your purpose, which, you know, it could spend your whole life finding out what your purpose is. But I think a lot of people just don't spend enough time on their own just asking them the question, like a little bit of quiet time, just going like, what would I really love to do? I'll talk to some of my patients and I go, okay, take away your whole life and you can do whatever you want. What would you like to do? And they're like, I don't know. 
So if you don't even know what would really you'd really love to do, like how are you ever supposed to get there? So so really spend some time on your own. I used to hate being on my own. My wife would travel on the weekend and I'd have to book every single second up so I wouldn't spend any time by myself. And if you don't do that, how do you even know who you are? So it's I think we need to spend a little time for ourselves. <laughs> Truth. I'm with you 100% on that. It feel, It's a feel good. And it, and you're right. You feel like you're living your mission when you discover it. So good stuff. Yeah. I love it. And then the, the third one is to initiate your team, right? So that's what we talk about our bonds. Like we got to kind of do a, a, I call it a bond analysis. And uh, we always hear you become like the six people closest to you, right? And so I like to actually make an analysis, like name everybody out and, and kind of like almost say, like, are they a power bond? Are they guilt bond? Are they cover bond? Um, Jim Rohn is one of my favorite uh, personal development guys, and I, I listen to his tapes like every year. I just love – he's like a grandpa. He's like my he's – like he's like the all-knowing grandpa that I love to listen to. And, uh, and he always talks about there's some people in your life that you can spend every day with, and some people you should only spend once a week with, and some people you should only spend once a month with, and some people you should just spend once a year with, and other people you just shouldn't spend your time with at all. So, <laughs> so it's – it's about kind of categorizing those and, and figure out, like, do I need more power bonds in my life? Like, for example, I wanted to get my health back, so I also got I got a trainer. That's a great power bond because that keeps me on track. So that's, that's one of the really good things because when you're externally influenced, if you can deliberately put those good power bonds in your external environment that are aligned with what you'd love to do, it just helps to keep you on track. Nice. Good. I like that. And, and then the third one, or the fourth one, was is basically launch your flight plan. So, this is again where you got to spend some time and create a plan. Um, you know, now that we've spent some time and kind of know where we want to go, what are some of the action steps that we that we take? And I use the flight plan as a plane because really we all know when a plane leaves, it always know it doesn't just take off in the air and then when you're up there say, hey, where'd you like to go? Because <laughs> you, you might not have enough fuel, you know, you don't, like there's. There's lots of different things. So you want to kind of have the flight plan. Just start working on it so that at least you have a direction going. And and one of the things I've learned from sports is it's easier to change directions once you're moving. So you don't have to have it right off the bat, um, but you got to do something. And then when you're moving, because if you're standing there to change direction, it, it takes quite a bit of energy. But if you're already moving, it's easier to that is a great analogy, like thinking about it in sports. It's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, I love that. When you're exactly, it's easier to change directions when you're moving. Yeah. Very good. That's quotable. Thank you. That's very good. Thank you. <laughs> somebody, somebody write that down. No. <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> um, and then the last one is don't stay down long. Um, I call it closing the refractory period uh, because, well, and, and you know, because anytime anyone's trying to, excel and do some amazing things and help people out, things are going to go wrong. <laughs> Technology is going to go wrong. Uh, you're going to have a great plan for an idea and it's not going to work out. Um, but our whole goal is we want to close the refractory period. And, and again, I always bring back sports analogies, but I always say the, the difference between a pro golfer and a, and a hack golfer like myself is that a pro golfer, if once they take a bad shot, they regroup. And then on the next shot, they're kind of back on track. So the, the, that refractory period is really narrow. Um, 
maybe me in the past, I'd have a bad shot, and then you'd like throw your clubs around and make a temper tantrum, and then you'd have a second bad shot, and then you'd be even more mad, and then it ends up wrecking your whole game. <laughs> Do you know what, Don? This is exactly like brain training. You know, when you first start brain training and start catching those negative thoughts, it may take you a long time to swing it around to the positive, mm-hmm. but that refractory time does get shorter and shorter. You get better and better and better. It's not like you never have a negative thought or like you never take a bad shot, yeah. but you get faster at recovery. Yeah. So that's nice. That's actually a really, I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody else talk about that specific thing. So that's beautiful. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's just kind of a nice little five chunks. There's nine that are kind of uh, that are in the book, but it's just kind of that sort of summarizes them. No, I love it. I love it. It's really, really cool. And I think this is a really interesting concept that people can identify with because we are externally motivated. You know, we don't necessarily want to be. I know myself too. That's like my life's work is to be less and less externally <laughs> motivated every year. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it, it's hard when you it, oh, oh, train your brain, Dana. It's it's, it's <laughs> challenging. It's getting easier all the time, and mm-hmm. and that's it. We're that's what we're learning. We're learning how to be more self-driven and self-motivated. So on that note, is there any kind of final parting advice you'd like to give people who are listening today? Um. I think the goal is, is you know, and again, one of the inspirations to write this book was a really good friend of mine, um, was a patient of mine, became a friend. We golf lots, hang out together. Him and his wife, my wife, went on holidays together. And unfortunately, I was part of the team that diagnosed him with ALS. And and again, ALS, for people who know, it, it's like a two to four year life sentence and it destroys your motor neurons and you eventually get paralyzed so that you're in a chair that all you can do is move your eyes and blink your eyes. And to go through with one of your best friends, to go through that slow degenerative process where we skied for the last time, we swam for the last time, we golfed for the last time, he walked for the last time, and then when he talked for the last time. And knowing that he left a lot of stuff on the table in his life because of he was in the underdog curse. Like he, you know, out of expectation, he was trying to, like, he really tried to get people to like him and he really tried to support people so that in hopes that they would support him back. And uh, and it really was a wake up call for me. And and I, I I was pretty happy with what I've done up to, up to so far in my life. But I was like, I'm not I'm not fully doing like I'm in my comfort zone, which I've done way better than I thought I would when I was a kid. I'm like I'd be proud of myself right now. But I'm like, but I'm not done yet. There's still more stuff to do. Like and so so I think the key is to live your authentic life so that you know they always talk about the rocking chair test. Like when you're 92 years old and you're in your rocking chair like do you look back and say you know I I, I I did honestly not using softeners but honestly say I'm I'm proud of that I it was a tough road but I learned a lot I, I stayed authentic and I did what I really truly loved and I think that's the whole goal of the yeah you're giving me goosebumps that's exactly it that's really true it's really good stuff and I think a lot of people feel that way like I'm doing okay or I'm doing great. I've done real well, but I know there's more with my name on it. Uh-huh. I know there's more out there with my name on it. And this is this is great stuff. Fantastic time. Thank you so much. Everybody, this is Don McDonald. Check it out. <laughs> Check out The Underdog Curse. The Underdog Curse is his book. You can get it on Amazon right now, The Underdog Curse. Thank you so much for being here, Don. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was really fun.
And our and our, and our topics line up perfect, so it's just awesome. Yeah, they do. It's <laughs> a nice a nice fit, isn't it? I love it. Thank you so much, and thank you everybody for being here. You know, it's interesting to have new verbiage to talk about things, isn't it? You know, because this is something that people have had a a feeling about. Maybe, maybe you've had a feeling where you've been feeling like, you know, I feel like I'm holding myself back, but I can't really put my finger on it. Or maybe you want to step up, but you kind of haven't been able to name it and what it is. And isn't it nice to have this new terminology to do it? Talking about settling or having those expectations for the underdog, realizing that you have to have those bonds in your life that support it. You've been given so many really positive, easy to implement steps right now. These are awesome what Don said. And you can do these right now. These are things that you don't even have to wait to do. Evaluate those bonds. Take a look at who's in your life. You know, make that list of what your purpose is and discover yourself and take that quiet time. Put self-care at the top of the list. Any one of those things you could do today. You can get started right now because you know what? This is your year and we are going to step into our celebrity more and more. And this is the perfect remedy for doing that. And we'll see you next time on The Mind Aware. Ready, fire, aim. I can do anything I want with my life and no one can stop me. Once you shift these habits and you do it long enough, it becomes so easy and natural. I am on a ball in outer space. I bet you try salad tomorrow for breakfast after hearing this. Get a tattoo on your forehead that says shift your focus that'll make it so easy. Music comes from the space between the notes. Bam, that's it. No truer words have been spoken. I love it. What kind of business do you want? Do you want a brick and mortar or do you want a click and order? I want people to practice good legal hygiene. I'm a foodie too.